gets better every episode welcome my friends to this fine radio program smoking and toasting and it's all about craft beer fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars and what what was that that the was new, the new, there it is the new there's the debut show open the new jingle yes that's so awesome. i had been saying for a long time you know we should have a smoking and toasting song mm-hmm. and Apparently, you just went out and made one. <laughs> this is a great story. A buddy of mine called me up, and uh, he's not one to sit idle and let grass grow under his feet. You right. know, he decides to do something. He just does it. So he calls me up. This was on a Sunday night and goes, hey, let's write that jingle. Um, okay. <laughs> so I go over to his house, and we finished. We polished off his bottle of Blanton's. Uh, actually, the bottle of Blanton's that I gave him as his, uh, <laughs> as his um, housewarming because he just moved into this house I in see. my neighborhood, which is yeah. pretty fun. Mm-hmm. So we went over there, and uh, I picked up a guitar, and he picked up a guitar. He already had some ideas. He already had that little rhythm idea going on, and I started playing around with a melody. Mm-hmm. And he liked that, and then he wrote some lyrics to it. And all of a sudden. And uh, all of a sudden, there it was. So, <laughs> so he calls me up. That was Sunday. So Monday, he calls me up. He goes, okay, I got studio book for tomorrow night. We got John Egan coming in to sing it. Uh, see, I, <laughs> John Egan... And, you know, you may not be familiar with John if you're outside of our area. Right. But I can tell you, uh, the little bar that's downstairs in my building, John plays down there about you know, once every three, four months, yeah. and I try to never miss it. Because Man, he is his... so good. It's People, just him and a guitar. When, I, when I talk about John Egan, they're like, what does he sound like? Um, he's what blues sounds like. Yeah, right. He's, he's just yeah. amazing. Love him. Yeah, he's and, so good. And he sounds so great, so I'm so honored. So now... Our new quest will be to see if we can get other musicians that we know or meet or run into to record their own version of it. Yes, we just have to have it in all kinds of musical right, styles. Right, now. all styles. Yeah, wouldn't it be great? <laughs> wouldn't it be great to get like the suffers to do it in that sort of like uh, funky? Uh, yeah, that would be beautiful. What do they call it? Gulf Coast Soul. I think yeah. is what they call their style of music. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Be, you get that'd be amazing. A really great little gentle acoustic version. You get. Uh, <laughs> You get like a metal version. That would be yes, awesome. absolutely. Well, uh, well done, Ian, and thank your thank your friend, uh, and we'll toast him at the end. Of I the will show. do. We'll put up a credits yep. list at some point. Absolutely. Well, welcome to Smoking and Toasting Show number one hundred and two. It is a uh, a pleasure to be able to say to you that we've done one hundred and two of these shows. One hundred and one of them are actually available to listen to, and we are uh, brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant at eighteen fourteen. Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. So, a couple of thank yous and a couple of things we need to announce. Before before you get on to that, I just want to point out, mm-hmm. you know the well-well that you do at the beginning of every show. Yeah. I thought that that was actually going to peak at 100, mm-hmm. but it actually just keeps going. I don't, oh. know, where, I don't know where you're headed <laughs> so with it. So, where are we now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, who knows? Uh, you, you constantly amaze me. Just thank well, you very so you, much. You, we had you do it for show number 100. I did, but, you know, and I did it, and I did it in a comical way, which... which because I can't do it like you. I can't do it with the with the the, the intensity that you put into it. 
So what what talents does Cruz have? Well, he can. You should hear him say, "Well, he can can do this thing." Uh, Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're still. I'm glad you're still enjoying it, and uh, and no one has uh, no one has forced me to stop yet. So. Uh, off we go. Uh, and you remember, by the way, just in case this ever comes up, I I claim no responsibility for the authorship of that. I stole that. So that's okay. Yeah. And remember, th- and I say this to anyone who's listening to the show, and I, I said this to Chris Hart the other day because we were talking about our, uh, you know, he does this great show called Whiskey Neat, mm-hmm. and uh, I, uh, you and I were, we were guests, on there last we were week. Guests on there last week. It's wonderful. And I think I told him at that point he'd said something about, yeah, you guys had this idea. I thought, oh, I should do that. And I said, well, just remember, Chris. If you steal from me, you've stolen twice. <laughs> That's, <right. laughs> That's just the way I feel about it. So, uh, okay, couple of couple of big things. Uh, thanks to Chris Hart, by the way, for just his continued uh, support. We appreciate it. Yeah, him. and thanks to Chris Soul from Deep Betty Vodka for uh, being on the show last week. Uh, she was a great guest, very informed about vodka, and she uh, also um, brought along some uh, fantastic cocktails. And then, I don't know if you knew this or not, but like the staff here is so happy because when she left, she took all those bottles of, f- of flavored vodka and stuck them in the freezer uh, <laughs> here at the studios. So the staff here is like, woohoo! Now it's yeah, a party. Yeah. I got to tell you, so so at this at this company where we come and uh, record this, this is this is your company in your office building, um, or your office. Um, I, you have the best work fridge I've ever seen in my life. Well, right now it's full of like different kinds of beer. I know, <laughs> and it always is. And then you open the freezer and you're like, "Huh? Is there ice? Yes. yes. Is there cocktail it's hard, mixers? It's hard yes. to find. Is there the vodka? Ice. Yes. 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 It's hard to find the ice because the vodka kind of gets in the way. Right. Yes. Well, uh, thank you to Chris for not only uh, restocking our vodka freezer, but uh, for also being a, a great guest. She was really, so fun. Really was wonderful so, show. And so enthusiastic about mm-hmm. making the drinks. One of the things I thought was really interesting about her, too, is she even said, she was, you know, I mix the uh, cocktails a little bit on the lighter side, so I can have a few cocktails rather than yeah, a cocktail. Yeah, which is interesting. You know? and, and if you're going to be you know, at a party or, or something like, you know, drinking all night, right. that, can be a, that can be a really yeah, important thing. Absolutely. You, know? you don't want to be that guy or that girl that, you know, three quarters into the party Everybody else is still pretty together, and you're like, you know? Yeah. yeah. When everyone's looking at you thinking about writing stuff on your forehead in Sharpie, <laughs> you've had too much. That's, that's, that, that could be the title of a book or, or a, a, some, sort of a, some sort of a grand uh, a proclamation about It's an life. event. When everyone's looking at you thinking about writing things on your forehead with a Sharpie, <laughs> you know you've had too much. Yeah. You, it, that could be your thing, like Jeff Foxworthy's uh, You Might Be a Redneck. Right, you might be right. Like, your thing you Right on be, his forehead. You know you've had too much when. Uh, yeah, I've got a uh, there. Yeah, right. <laughs> that could work. Uh, a couple of things we want to mention. Oh, thanks also to uh, Fistful of Bourbon uh, through a really nice event last night here in Houston, which is where we do the show. Yeah, uh, at Boss Cat uh, Kitchen, super classy place. And I uh, love Boss Cat, love their whiskey room. And we were in there. You and I were both there, and so was our buddy Chris Hart. And Fistful of Bourbon was officially launching their uh, new product, a very uh, inexpensive uh, bourbon that's a mix of five different. Yeah, uh, it was really nice. I was, yeah. I was, we had uh, three different uh, cocktails mm-hmm. with it as well mm-hmm. that were all outstanding. Yeah, so. we had fun, and then we sat outside and smoked cigars. It's like uh, we're gonna have to stop hanging out together. People are gonna, <laughs> people are gonna talk. Uh, okay, a couple of things to put on your calendar. Uh, this one I don't have a date for yet, but it's coming. The Smoking and Toasting Martini Showdown is coming. That will be on the show where we have a gin martini master. 
face off against a vodka martini master, and they'll ma- and we're going to put a tasting panel together. And we're going to need to get a new um, a new uh, uh, sound uh, sound machine. Yeah. You know, because we have to like when they start mixing and stuff, we have yeah. to have lightsaber sounds. Oh yes, of course, that's good. Well, <laughs> maybe I'll just go get one of those toy lightsabers that when you shake it, it makes that sound. <laughs> right. And while they're shaking the cocktails, I can just be over here over the microphone. That'd be awesome. Because yeah, I really want a lightsaber. Uh, and then coming up, we do have a date for this coming up October tenth at the B and B Butchers and Restaurant location on Washington Ave in Houston will be. The Whiskey Sniff. Now, we're putting together all the details of this now, which means we'll have a ticket on sale date and ticket prices and a description of exactly what the event's going to be all coming up. So it's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of fun. This I'm is going to be our first really excited about our first that. smoking and toasting event and one that you will really want to be able to say you were at. And uh, we'll also have... Uh, Whiskey Sniff t-shirts for sale, which are going to look awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, That's exciting. So we'll make them cheap. Uh, so it's been quite a week. I am uh, so... Uh, I, I realized I just saw you last night, but um, I thought it would be appropriate to ask if you'd smoked anything interesting this week. Yeah, weren't we together last night? Yeah. Was, was, that, when, was that when you smoked something interesting? Actually, so uh, last night I smoked one that, uh, that I'd smoked a bunch of times before, so I won't go over that. I did go home because I didn't have anything super new and interesting uh, that I'd smoked all week, um, uh, but so I went home and smoked a cigar that a friend of mine gave to me. You know, I like to hang out. Um, my uh, one of my closest cool bars in my neighborhood is the New Potato. Oh, love the New Potato! And Paul over there has hired a, a new bartender, um, and he's very much a cigar enthusiast. Roberto oh, is his nice. name, yeah. And he is a blast house. So of course. You know, I'm a cigar enthusiast. He's a cigar enthusiast, so we're always swapping cigars. Right. <laughs> Here, you try this. No, you try this. Right, Here, right, you try right. This. So he uh, lays on me um, a couple weeks ago. Um, he lays on me the uh, uh, Rocky Patel 50. Oh, so nice. have you had one of these? I have. That's a good cigar. It's a. I'm real gonna go good ahead and cigar. let that cat out of the bag right it's now. That's a, a good cigar. That's expensive cigar. cigar. Mm, yes. Okay. It's not cheap. Very like a, it says on here, like so you've got the decade those, and the fifteen, and then the the and then thirty-three, the f- and then the fifty. Right. Right. And so, and this was uh, released in celebration of his fiftieth birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, the one I had was Robusto five and a half by fifties, about nineteen dollars on the shelf. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty pricey cigar. That is no super kidding. premium. Uh, I've already let the cat out of the bag on it. It is uh, it is an outstanding cigar. That's great. Right. Is it $19 worth of outstanding cigar? Well, that's my question for you. Yeah, what do you think? Um, The pre-light sniff on this was nice. It was peppery. It was a little dark fruity, mm-hmm. uh, a little maybe espresso-y, uh, and a little bit of leather. Uh, but it wasn't real strong smelling. Mm-hmm. I was I was pretty surprised by that. the The appearance of the cigar was pretty smooth, uh, dark, oily wrapper, uh, which I like the feel of. It's box box press too, which is always fun, and a pretty you know pretty firm box press. So I lit the cigar. The initial uh, light on this was pepper, like pepper, right mm-hmm. in your face pepper. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of good, you know. Let's see where it goes from there. The pepper rolls off, and you get kind of a little dark fruit sweetness from this thing. Um, and leather, and and a little bit of earth, and cappuccino maybe, or or espresso. It smoked like that for a while. It was good. Then the sweetness went away, and it got more peppery. Um, and the pepper was more of the flavor towards the end of the cigar. I, I you know, I the, the the cigar burned perfectly until the uh, second third of the cigar. I'm sorry, the third third of the cigar. The beginning of the third third of the cigar just went out on me. Done. Mm. And I was tending it pretty well. I was I was a little alarmed by that. Now the burn was perfect. It went out almost perfectly. 
but it went out. <laughs> oh, even right across. Yeah, it was dead um, even. Razor just, edge, go out. And right. I even had a little bit of smoke over it. I was trying to puff it to keep it keep mm-hmm. it lit, and it still wouldn't do it. So so eventually I relit it. No penalty. Interesting. Like no penalty whatsoever. I smoked it down to a nub. Uh, the tail end of the cigar ramps up from a medium to a full flavored, mm-hmm. right at the beginnings of full flavored. Um, I enjoyed it tremendously right down to the end. Uh, I give it a solid five. It's worth the money. Nice. It's definitely worth the money. I don't know if it's worth That's more than a money. Lot of, it's a lot of money. The it went out on its own penalty. I think was uh, what kept it from being was a five what and kept a half it from six. being yeah a little above five and a half. But man, what a great flavor bomb! Um, I wouldn't call it complex. I wouldn't call it um, uh, uh, you know loaded with a ton of flavors but what it did have was really good and it did evolve a little bit which mm-hmm. i kind of like that experience so right. i give it a solid five on a, a price to quality index and uh roll with it from there nice nice all right when we're gonna take a quick break when we come back i'll tell you about what i smoked this week i have a pretty interesting uh, i'll tell you what the cigar was it was the monte cristo white especial number one ah. uh very uh, very interesting cigar and so i'll tell you about that coming up plus we have a lot of things to talk about on the show today we have the best-selling cigar list uh has been released to cigar aficionado magazine from cigar retailers around the world so we can share that with you uh we have uh in- information on our friends up the road at Shiner, the Spetzel Brewery in Shiner, Texas. That's always fun. They're adding two new very interesting beers to their lineup. And I'm thrilled to see this, and we'll get to the story, but I'm thrilled to see this because often when Shiner adds beers, uh, I look at them and go, well, that's cool and all, but I wish they'd do something really interesting. <laughs> and I think they're doing something really interesting. So uh, so we'll, we'll tell you about that. Plus, uh, <laughs> um, I think you'll like this. The best bourbon when money is no object, that will be one of our uh, touch points for the show today. Awesome! Yeah, and we're uh, tasting a tequila, so it's going to be it'll all. You know, we're going to be all. You're going to have to twist my arm now. in the best kind of way. <laughs> it's smoking and dosing, and we will be right back with segment number two. Back to smoking and toasting. It is the program that's all about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And we are brought to you by our friends at B and B Butchers and Restaurant, who we love at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston. And um, thing is, and please don't tell them this, but we would love them even if they weren't a sponsor. It's yeah. just a good, fun place to go. That's uh, true. Uh, they're also in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, and we haven't forgotten about doing the Fort Worth show. There's just been a lot going on. We'll 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 get it on the calendar. I promise. I promise. So I'm going to show this to the camera real quick. That's what we're going to be tasting in this segment. It's called Hoss. It's a very, um, I thought it was appropriate since we had the little Alice in Chains bumper music because it looks very mm-hmm. grunge to me. Yeah, it does. Uh, with the, it's got uh, with the, the plaid. plaid. Yeah, but it's an Oktoberfest lager. So the Oktoberfests are beginning to creep out into the uh, store shelves. And, of course, you and I have already professed our love for the uh, St. Arnold. Uh, it's interesting that they're doing an Oktoberfest lager because yes, Oktoberfest th- are usually a Martzen. That's right. And so I thought this would be very a different. Martzen. I don't uh, know how you say it if you're uh, German. I'd say it both ways, actually, and hope that I'm right at least 50% of or the I'm time. Or I'm Texas. It's a Marzen. <laughs> it's a Marzen. Marzen. Uh, so Haas uh, comes from Denver, Colorado, actually. So we'll be tasting an Oktoberfest lager. And so I'm looking forward to that uh, in, in this segment on smoking and toasting. 
<clears throat> you mentioned your cigar, and I wanted to tell you about the one that I uh, smoked this week. It was a, as if I only smoked one. Uh, but <laughs> the, the one the, cigar. This one particular cigar that I want to talk to you about uh, is a Monte Cristo White Especial Number no. One. Now, Monte Cristo White was a uh, somewhat later edition. I mean, they've been out for like six or seven years, yeah. I think. But they were a later edition to the Monte Cristo line. This one doesn't like date back to forever. Uh, and I wanted to mention also that our friend uh, Brian Nguyen from Casa de Monte Cristo gave me this cigar at our 100th episode. So I've had it sitting in the humidor for a couple of weeks, and uh, a couple of days ago I thought, okay, now's the time. And uh, uh, so I broke it out. It was a uh, – the special number one is a Lonsdale, so it's a, only a, like a 44 ring gauge, I believe. Um, it's, it's fairly thin, but not a Panatella. Uh, it's uh, but it was six and a half inches long, mm-hmm. so it's a nice, respectable cigar. Uh, Pre light on it, very toasty with a little bit of leather. None of that funky smell that cheap can because it's a Connecticut wrapper, right. right? So none of that cheap funky smell that some really inexpensive kind of moldy hay kind of thing, right? Yeah. That I, moldy that I really, hay and ashtray, yeah. That I really go, oh man, really? I hope it doesn't taste like that. And in a lot of cases with those cheaper Connecticut's, it doesn't. But you do get that smell when yeah. you uh, when you're doing the pre light. Uh, so, but there was none of that here. It was uh, very toasty, bit of leather. Uh, lit the baby up. The draw was a little bit tight, so I did a very careful squeezing. You know how you can do yeah. just very, kind of roll the cigar around your fingers, feel places where it might be a little tight, and just apply just a little gentle pressure. You're hoping not to crack the right, uh, especially when it's a Connecticut wrapper. Which will uh, that crack can be and a thing, a right? Easier, yeah. Um, but uh, but I was able to uh, get it to loosen up without cracking anything. Uh, it was a beautiful yellow brown Ecuadorian Connecticut uh, wrapper, so it's Connecticut seed but grown in Ecuador, and uh, then Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers. And I have to say, this was a nice complexity for a milder cigar, and that was what really impressed me about it right off the bat. Notes of toast. A really nice nutty flavor, even a little pepper on the finish, mm. which you don't often get with it. Not with a Connecticut, Connecticut, yeah. Right. Um, it felt to me that this is what a milder cigar should be like because it was still very mild, but it actually had a flavor profile yeah. to it, and I, I really like that. Only complaint I could come up with is that, I, and it might be related to uh, the initial draw being a little tight. Uh, the only complaint was that I did have to relight a couple of times. Fortunately, there was no penalty. Again, something that could be a big problem with Connecticut. Yeah, Connecticut's you know? can be a little unforgiving because yes. they will turn to burnt paper pretty quick. Yes, yes, yeah. and I was concerned about that, but it actually wound up uh, working uh, really good. So I felt like what I wanted to say about the cigar is this is what a milder cigar should be like. Like this should mm-hmm. be the standard for it, you know. Um, only real catch here, it was a $10 cigar. Mm-hmm. So when trying to come up with the the price quality rating, I'm now in my brain comparing it to other cigars I've loved in this price right. range, and that's hurting <laughs> it a little. Because if I wasn't doing that, like I'd be inclined to give this maybe an even higher rating. Uh, that being said, if you want a mild to medium cigar, if that's what you're looking for, uh, but that gives you some great flavor and complexity, this should be on your radar. I, I really think this is a perfect cigar for someone who's only smoked miles, has maybe smoked like something heavier and didn't like it, but is wondering, will There's I ever smoke anything there. other right. than a mile? This is a perfect next step cigar, and it's got wonderful flavors to it. I'm going to give it a five. Even though it's a $10 cigar, I'm going to give it a five P to Q because it's... I felt like it was worth what it what I would have paid for it had 
Brandwin not being you know, so it's, generous. As it's interesting me. that you bring up the mild cigar, especially as an experienced uh, cigar smoker as we mm-hmm. are. And I generally like a more medium to full profile. Yeah, most it, of the you time. and I both are, right. are are like that. I think. Um, yeah. But I also find high value in finding a great mild cigar, and that's mm-hmm. I, you know I've extolled the virtues of the uh, Perdomo, uh, the, the champagne, the champagne. Yes. I think to me is a great, and it's not quite. I think as expensive as I think it's a couple dollars less than what mm-hmm. you were talking about. Yeah. But for comparable, it's not, it's, it's not a super cheap. But, but yeah. it's it is uh, it's a great mild cigar with great complexity in the flavor. It's mild in in strength, but not mild on flavor profile. Mm-hmm. And then I always go, go ahead. I'm going to let you do that. That was like almost like Bella Lugosi <laughs> creepy, you know? Like you just dragged that. <laughs> I don't know if you could open it much slower than that. Right. <laughs> that was the door creaking on its way open. Opening the Haas Oktoberfest um, lager. But you were saying. But no, so I was saying, yeah, and, and, and I'm also a great champion of the uh, Fuente uh, uh, Hemingway series. The Hemingway, yeah, great mellow because cigar. Because it's such a good mellow cigar. Well, uh, now, there's more out there as well, like the I Romeo say, Julietas uh, mm-hmm. and... and um, and uh, some of the Avos, uh, the you know, make good, great yeah. cigars. But uh, you know, bang for the buck, I think those are some of the better ones out there. And it's nice. Well, I've had that white series before. I will tell you that uh, you know, people a lot of a lot of more experienced, more like heavy cigar smoker types will make fun of Macanudo. But if you want a really good quality mild cigar, Macanudos. Yeah. Okay. You know are what? Fantastic. You know what? One of the other benefits of Macanudos is What's you that? can walk into Walgreens or CVS and buy one in a little uh, in, in humidor a little pouch. Humidor pouch. Yes, that's right. Yep. And and that's a real very, cigar, very unusual, right yep. there off the mm-hmm. shelf. Yep. That's a beautiful thing. I think that is uh, an unusual and a good thing. Yes. All right. Now I don't know whether to expect the Oktoberfest Lager from Haas to be unusual or more of a straightforward lager that they've decided is their Oktoberfest release. You know what I'm saying? Because I think some some beer companies try to brew something that specifically has a sort of a fall flavor profile to it for their Oktoberfest. And others are like, this is the beer we're releasing at this time of the year. We're really excited about it. We're going to call did it Did you buy this as a single or a six-pack? I bought it as a single. Damn it. I want the other five. Oh, no kidding. You like it, huh? That's this is... This is everything I like about an Oktoberfest, but a little bit lighter. Wow, like, this is really, so malty and ridiculous. I love it. For a lager, especially. Yeah. A yeah. lot of times, lagers, you don't get this level. And it still has that crisp lager finish on it. They uh-huh. did a great job on wow. this. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is from the guys in uh, Denver, this, Colorado. This is like the lightest... Incredibly malty beer, I think I've ever had. I, I think you may be right, and and it, I love this. In answer to my question, it definitely is an Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. not just a beer they decided no, it's fall to flavors name all day long. Oktoberfest, and yeah. actually, this this probably has a little more of almost like that baking spice, almost into a Christmas ale kind of mm-hmm. a bit uh, in it as well. But I love this, absolutely love it. This is a light beer with a ton of flavor. It's from Great Divide Brewing Company. They are in uh, based in Denver, Colorado. And uh, you can see the mountain man with the plaid colors there yep. on the can. Uh, it's, it's. I think it's. If quite you're good looking too. for something that has a ton of hops, don't go here. This is kind of like if you took St. Arnold Oktoberfest and said, "Give me a light version of it." Yeah, you know, and a good light version a, a of it. A good light though. version of it. Yeah, I agree. yeah, I agreed. Wow, that's very impressive. That is fantastic. And I wasn't necessarily expecting that. And now I see why they designated Oktoberfest Lager as well. Right, because it really is. Um, 
You put that just out of my reach. Oh, yeah, yeah that could be a problem. Yeah, Why yeah, don't you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will mention that um, as we have a, a moment or two left in this segment while we enjoy a little more of this. But, yeah, you're right. That's good. And you know what else it is? It's refreshing. Yeah. Which I don't know if you can often say about you could say him about Oktoberfest, but it may not be the first adjective that would come to mind. You know what I mean? Like, like you think of those more as beers you drink for flavor than for refreshment, and this kind of straddles the line yeah, between those two very nicely. It does. What, what I'm really amazed by is the lack of big hops. Right. I like they use the hops in that as a bittering agent, so that you hit this great finish that doesn't last too long, doesn't linger. Uh, it tempers some of the sweetness from the hops to a degree. It, that that they did a great well, job. Well, we live it. in a very hop-driven craft beer yes. society right now, and you know I, I'll take part of the blame for that because of being such an IPA well, fanatic. Well, I may like this because this is so opposite that and well done. But see, too. I just enjoy that so much, and it's why it's one of the things that I was thinking about this the other day that I just love about the whole craft beer scene is that I've certainly got my favorite flavors, but that doesn't keep me from really yeah. enjoying something that's completely different from my favorite <laughs> flavors. You know? I get a little droll because even, you know, a lot of the beers we try too, they just say, oh, it's a summer session ale or it's this or that. And it's always just a ton of hops. Right. You know, and this to me... I can drink this in the middle of summer. I'd be sure. fine with right, that. Absolutely, because yeah. it's, it's light enough and it's thirst-quenching enough yes. that it could qualify as a summer fest if they wanted to instead of Oktoberfest. But if it were a summer beer, it would be the most fall spice, baking spice tasting uh, summer beer uh, like ever. Right. Um, also, it's 6.2%, I just oh, noticed. Oh, see, I didn't even look at that. So. <laughs> a little less than sessionable, but that wouldn't yeah, stop me well, from trying. I'm, I'm with you on that. And, <laughs> and uh, leave it to you. Oh, Chris too. Morris is cor- correcting me. All Mars are lager by definition. Oh well, there you go. See, I guess a margin is a lager. He like that makes sense. A style to of lager. Then once I hear him say it, thank you, uh, Chris. Um, you, so you know, a lot of cities and municipalities, and I think maybe even the state of California, are moving to ban flavored cigars. This is a this is a big deal. It's designed to stop the uh, youth trend towards those El Cheapo machine-made flavors that you can buy in convenience stores. It's not really about premium cigars. It's not about... Do you, do you think the youth trend are going to go spend you know, $7 oh, on no. a flavored acid? Uh, no, absolutely. It's not about Drew Estate yeah. acids, but unfortunately, <laughs> as this ban takes effect, those are going to be affected as well. So if you're in San Francisco right now, you can't go to a cigar store and buy an acid. That's so yeah, crazy. which is which is a real bummer. Uh, in the meantime, the manufacturers of the little machine-made cigars are finding ways to get around the flavor ban uh, by coming up with ambiguous names and labels. Um, it's it's really i it's really identifying them as things like uh, sweets, green sweets, black, and diamond. Instead of cherry, grape, watermelon rum, and mango guava. Huh. And this appears to be working to some degree, even though a chemical analysis would show you that there are flavored elements in uh, the cigars, but they seem to be getting away with it. So I just think there's going to be more fallout from this, is why I bring it up. Uh And I'm hoping that it doesn't impact, um, you know, the really good flavored cigars. And Drew Estates are the. 
uh, their acid series are the ones that come to yeah. mind. But there are there are some others out there. There's some. What about what about a coffee flavored cigar, for example? Like the Rocky Patel has some of the mm-hmm. coffee flavored uh, ones, which are which are really quite good. I'm not the hugest fan of the of the coffee flavored cigars, but every once in a while, man, one of those really hits the spot. My right? wife actually enjoys the uh, the good flavored cigars, mm-hmm. and, and by good flavored cigars, I mean not the ones that are just. Cao has a nice, yeah, right. uh, has some nice flavors, right? As like, well. So she likes some of the acid ones. So one of the one of her favorite ones is that Drew Estate Natural, um, right? The, which doesn't sell itself as a flavored cigar, right. but does have some flavor. Yes, yeah. So yeah, so it's fascinating. It'll be interesting to see what what becomes of all of this yeah. uh, as these things go. I mean, it's designed to basically keep kids from smoking these seventy cent cigars, but. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on all of the. Uh, it's too bad cigar they can't legislation. play on the difference between handmade and, uh, and machine made. Yeah, I agree with that. If if they could find a way to do that, and you know, we talked last week about the bill that the senators, you know, the uh, message that the senators sent, mm-hmm. uh, and that made that distinction pretty clearly in their letter was the handmade cigar industry would be really hurt by this and shouldn't be regulated the same way as the machine-made uh, cigar industry and the cigarette industry. Uh, but then, of course, you've got you know Nat Sherman's parent company in there messing it up because yeah. they make Marlboro. So. And I don't see Rocky Patel making cigars with watermelon-flavored blunt nah, wraps. No, nah, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. And I'm pretty sure nobody's <laughs> you know gonna... what You know what this blend of uh, yeah. tobaccos needs? <laughs> A watermelon-flavored wrapper. Yeah. All right, coming up, we're going to taste... Uh, we're going to move now from this very interesting uh, uh, winter, uh, uh, not winter, but fall-flavored uh, brew to something uh, a little bit sour. The Omegang Pale Sour Ale from Cooperstown, New York. We will taste in our next segment. Plus, we're going to get to this. Uh, Shiner adding two new really interesting and funky beers. And um, uh, I'm really excited about showing you this bourbon list. It's an exciting best, week for the best, news. Yeah, the best bourbons to use when, uh, when money is no object. Because <laughs> I know you're the guy that just, you go into a bar, the wallet comes out. You're just throwing the dollars around everywhere. You're, yeah. you're that guy. Yeah, you're yeah like, totally. You're, you're like, you're always going up uh, to the bar, <laughs> saying to the bartender, uh, "Yeah, give me a, uh, give me a bourbon." He says, "What would you like?" And you go, "Your most expensive one." Right. That's you. That's you. always that. Yeah. Wait, so, you, so you'll enjoy this, or maybe not. All right, it's coming up on smoking <laughs> and toasting. <laughs> Smoking and toasting. It's our program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. So, uh, so Ian, I, I'm thrilled that you enjoyed Great Divide's uh, Haas uh, Oktoberfest live. I'm going to look for that and buy some. Yeah. I th- I th- I think that would be like the one six-pack that I don't buy of... Uh St. Arnold. Oh, St. Arnold, like Joe Fest will be that <laughs> Which one. Which I've been trying oh, to drink them out of as much know, as possible. We're back to this again, smoking and toasting, directly impacting oh, yeah. sales. Yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> well, you know, the beautiful thing about the St. Arnold Oktoberfest mm-hmm. is it comes out directly before 
St. Arnold Christmas Ale. Oh, which, which is to me are two of the best beer. beers yeah. ever. Well, uh, <laughs> the two Christmas ales I get most excited about every year are St. Arnold mm-hmm. and Anchor. Anchor, yeah. Anchors oh, is always Anchors good. Is the so interesting good. thing about Anchors, though, is it's different every year. I know. It's like so. a, a, a by year release, whereas. Our friends at St. Arnold give us that, you know, consistency. Right. But then they also have the one you you always have to remind me of the name of this. The one where they combine it with uh, Sailing Santa. Yes, Sailing Santa. That's where that. they combine the oh. uh, the Christmas oh. ale that's, and the um, That's just heaven. Endeavor. Uh, that's just heaven. I love it. Sailing Santa. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. Ooh, wow, that had a definite uh Definite pop to it. Ooh, that has fragrance to it. Yes, we are trying the Omegang Pale Sour Ale. Uh, Omegang Brewery is from Cooperstown, New York, uh, which isn't that where the Baseball Hall of Fame is, Cooperstown? That sounds. That sounds. I think right. that's right. Yeah, I'm. I'm not the world's hugest baseball guy, but go Astros. Um, uh, I don't know. Is there a? Uh, mm-hmm. Is there a song about Cooperstown? Oh, that's Allentown. Never mind. Uh, that's a- <laughs> <laughs> Here's the. All right, here we go. Here's the uh, bottle. Uh, yeah, show that off to the bottle. Wow. This, yeah, this one's coming in at 6.9%. We believe that balance is a heavenly quality in beer. Elegantly balanced sour flavors created in collaboration with, uh, I can't pronounce that, Browery, <laughs> Leafman's, and Belgian. Yeah. They, well, they have brewed and balanced extraordinary sour beers since the 1600s. Yeah. Well, it's interesting this is very funky on the nose. I'm going to tell you this, and I haven't even uh, nosed this yet, but I don't think I've ever had anything from this brewery that has been less than outstanding. Well, that that's interesting because I don't know what to think based on the initial uh, aroma. It's interesting. It smells bright and sour. At, at, Peachy and sour It almost. smells bright and dark at the same time, which is kind of a weird <laughs> thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> kind of a weird thing to try to describe, but it really does. I don't know... Uh, I don't know what to expect. Usually, with a beer like this, you can tell what to expect once you uh, once you take that initial sniff. But I really that don't know. is sour and tart and funky all at the same time, and it leaves my mouth watering like crazy. You're right about all of that. You know that um, you remember that gum you used to get that would make your mouth water like mm-hmm, crazy, right? Mm-hmm. The athlete gum or whatever. Right, right. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's what this is doing mm. to my face right now. Hmm. <laughs> mm. I don't know what this is. Okay, first of all, this is incredibly complex. So the fruits in here, yeah, the fruits in here, like it's like it's like almost like sour peach, uh, sour with some cherry, with um, Um, mm. yeah, it it is. It is one of the fruitiest uh, tasting beers. That I think I've had in a long time. But I think the light and dark that you're getting is it has some of that dark fruit character, but also has some of those uh, brighter fruit characters. Like peach well, yes. is not a dark fruit, right? I think you're but right. But this You've is got, sour peach, so it's you, almost like an um, like an underripe and close to the skin peach. You know. Well, you've got the lighter flavors like the peach and maybe a little bit of you know mango. But then it's but got then that dark also, cherry. Yeah, some cherry going bitter on there. to it. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. It's very uh, interesting. You don't think of mixing. It almost has a, a a bitter strawberry kind of astringency to it, mm-hmm. without the strawberry flavor, but it has that kind of feel. I, I'm having a hard time describing this one. I'll this be tastes like you. everything, but almost like nothing. Uh, well, yeah. And I, how's that? It's wonderfully <laughs> vague, but it but it, it speaks to the issue. Like, I'm just saying, I have a hard time describing this. Adam, what are you thinking about this one? He's he's being all nonchalant over there, but I hear him giggling at us. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is definitely one of the best sour beers I've ever had. Really? Sure. It okay. really is. Yeah. So, so I'm not a sour fan at all, but this is delicious. I I'm mean, enjoying it's this. It's really good. I'm See, and this is this. this is not sour like Petrus is sour. Mm-hmm. This is sour more like uh, tart, like you get in a lot of these tart beers or like a Goza is sour, you know? Right. Um, it's good, though, and it's drink- I can't stop drinking this. Well, this there is, just is keeps like going you right said, to my face. Your mouth waters after, yeah. you, after you make the... Uh, after you make the first, you know, uh, drink of it, swallow down, and I you think, want more. I think once you get over the initial uh, tartness shock, too, you start being able. So there's a little banana flavor kind of thing there going is, on in yes, there. Yes, there is. Um, there's so much fruit in here. So much, so many different. Yeah, fruit this this has got so many things going on, and then mm. there's just this little uh, kind of bitterness in the finish, and you can taste the hop ending on it. That's really interesting as well. So while we have a couple of moments left in this segment, and while we search for other. Uh, adjectives to yeah, right. describe this very interesting and we're and just we're just going to break down to the whole, old Batman scene with pow and zap oh, boom pow zap yeah, yeah this has, definitely has more <laughs> zap than pow <laughs> right uh, but no we had uh, Adam our producer on the uh, on the mic here a moment ago talking about this sour beer and it was a perfect reminder to me um, <clears throat> that our boy here on the wheels of steel has just returned from his bachelor party. So I think he should, at this point in time, give us an update on the bachelor party and how he's just shaking his head. No, come on, Adam. What what, what went down? How'd you do? I mean, did you drink anything good? At least, come on. You gotta you gotta tell. You gotta give us something. <laughs> <laughs> I saw somebody get hit by a car. Oh, crap! I did a front flip off a diving board. Oh, wow. It's all about our. That's as much as I remember. This is the, <laughs> we just got the Cliff Notes version. So you uh, you were in Austin, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. I had a great time. Um, I had a lot of bad liquor stuff that you wouldn't normally drink. Unless it's your bachelor party, I should have so. sent that yeah. bottle of Malort perfect, with you. Yeah. Perfect bachelor party liquor. That would be have been perfect bachelor party liquor. <laughs> so. I'm telling you. And Malort raises his head once again. So, <laughs> so in in perfect uh, in perfect gentlemanly fashion, that's all Adam wants to tell us about his bachelor. Party. <laughs> so, so, and I and I I respect him for that. Well, I told the story. So I had uh, I, I love this story. So I'm gonna go ahead and fill in that space there. Um, I had a friend of mine's bachelor party. We just had it in my backyard. And at the time, I had a big, one of those big, giant um, uh, uh, the trampolines in there, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we didn't go jump around on it or anything, but uh, bachelor party, bachelor party, finished a couple kegs of beer. Um, everyone just stayed at my house. That was the whole smart. thing. You know, I had room for everybody, Very so we just stayed We just do. stayed at my house. And I woke up the next morning, I came out of my bedroom, and I'm walking across the dining room area to the kitchen, and I see one of the guys sitting there at the table with a cup of coffee, and he turns and looks at me, and the side of his face that was facing away is covered with this. You know how when you sleep on your pillow, you get the pillow wrinkles like stuck the in your imprint. Face? Yeah, yeah. So he he had this imprint <laughs> of this mesh pattern on his face, and I just looked at him and said, "Oh, you slept on the trampoline, didn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, until the sun hit that, <laughs> until the sun came up and hit that thing." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want to be out there after that. Uh, that is for sure. That was that was hilarious. All right, uh, coming up, we have uh, more tasting to do. Plus, we are going to um, uh, we're going to bring you. We have a couple of great lists here uh, that I've mentioned uh, on the show before. One is the best selling brands of cigars list is out that retailers have reported to cigar aficionados. So we'll share that with you. Plus, the best bourbon you can buy when money is no object, and it's not. This is not a single bourbon we're talking about here. It's a list of a number of different ones that would be good for that. So, I can't wait to hear that. 
Uh, so we'll get to that all coming up in the uh, next segment. Plus, let's taste some tequila. You ready for some uh, tequila avion añejo? Yes. Okay, good. I, I knew I could Hell I knew yes. I could talk to you. I, or as the Spanish would say, hell see. <laughs> I knew I could talk you into it. We'll be right back. Uh, it's smoking and toasting. Smoking and Toasting, the show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth and at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and soon to be across the street from themselves uh, with their uh, with their new bar. Across is, the street from themselves. Is, did, did Jeremiah say it was called Lemon? Is that I think that's what he said, something yeah, like that. I'm excited about it, and it's going to be open in like a month, so I'm <clears throat> psyched about that, too. Got to go over and... Hang out with the boy. I'm still sipping on this crazy sour ale. You're enjoying that, aren't <laughs> I you? I kind of am. It really it's is. Interesting it's interesting how, very good how it makes you want to keep drinking it. Uh, business is up in the cigar world. We talked about this, I think, a little bit on the 100th show, how uh, the cigar business is going through a sort of a minor uh, surge or boom, uh, not like the cigar boom of the 90s. But a much more sustainable uh, boom, and um, not only is business up, but the best seller is Padron. Ah, according to a, a new survey of retailers, uh, who all admit they're still worried about the uh, the FDA, uh, Cigar Insider, which is a, uh, a kind of an industry publication that's owned by Cigar Aficionado mm-hmm. uh, magazine and the parent company, they surveyed 105 cigar store owners and managers representing 174 brick-and-mortar cigar shops around the country. And this is the 23rd time in a row they've done this poll. They do it once a year. And so coming in at number one, and this is basically the shop saying, here are our best sellers. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, Padron, with a 45.5% score. I want to go ahead and say that Padron doesn't compromise, as far as I know. You know like their cigars are just... Great from end to end. I will admit that, and they're expensive. I don't but enjoy fantastic. the the lower end padrones as much as I used to. Right. I think the quality might have slipped on those a little bit. But you get an anniversario in your hands. I mean, there's mm. there's very few things that are any fine. Of, yeah any of those mm-hmm. anniversarios so good in the number two position. And uh, bear in mind, Patron had a forty five point five percent score in the number two position, being mentioned as a bestseller uh, by forty two percent. Can I guess? These. Yeah, go ahead. Is it Drew Estate? No, it's Arturo Fuente. Arturo Fuente. Okay. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And bear in mind that. What you're going to see on this list, as I as I go down the list for you, is that it's primarily a lot of the older, more established right, brands. Right, right. And the a lot names of that, that can, have been out forever. A lot of that can have to do with who was surveyed, uh, because these are the brands that I think it's easier for cigar stores to get and stock, for right. example. And they're also if, it's it's easy if you don't know cigars real well to go to. This is a brand that right. I've heard of. If, if I walk into a small location that only has a handful of cigars, I'm much more likely to go after an Arturo Fuente because there isn't a My Father and there's not a, right. a, a Jaime Garcia and uh, uh, you know uh, an AJ Fernandez and some of the things that I might choose when I'm in a humidor that has those options. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so that so that can affect it. But Padrona number one, Arturo Fuente. 
at number three. Ashton, uh, at number two. I'm sorry, Ashton at number three, mm-hmm. uh, with a twenty percent, twenty point five percent score. And then the numbers do fall off quite a bit from there. But in uh, in number four, Davidoff. In number five, my father. Uh, that's huge for those guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you consider that the only uh, cigar brands above them are Padron, Arturo Fuente, Ashton, and Davidoff, and then my father, like that company's only well, been around for so that long. would be the first of the boutique brands that you right. just mentioned. Absolutely, too. and and doing a huge thing. Uh, but in, those are great. I've never had a My Father cigar that's been less than outstanding as And well. in fairness, My Father is not just the number five. Uh, they're actually tied with the exact same score at number five with Rocky Patel. Oh, nice. So My Father and Rocky Patel tied at five. So then we go to seven with Oliva, uh, number eight with Perdomo, number nine with Romeo and Julieta, and number ten is Monte Cristo. Mm-hmm. So this is very interesting. So these are. What I'm surprised as big a name as Monte Cristo is that it's not higher on that list. But well, yeah, it. it I, I agree but they're with also you. kind of a limited brand. Now the retailers were also asked, in addition to saying what are your best sellers, they were asked a separate question: What is your hottest brand? So this would be, I guess, what might make this up is. What brands are people coming in asking for? Right. Uh, and uh, Arturo Fuente ranked at the top of that list, followed by Padron. So Padron was number one on one list, number two on the other. Arturo Fuente was one on one and two on the other. <laughs> right. Uh, then La Flor Dominicana, Fuente Fuente Opus X by itself. So this is what people are coming in asking for. Uh, Rocky Patel at number five, Ashton at number six, Liga Privada at number seven, mm. tied actually at number seven with my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, at number nine, a tie between the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and Romeo and Julieta. At number 11, then, it's a tie, Davidoff and Leaf by Oscar. First I love time, those. First time I've seen this show up in one of these lists. That's awesome, and I'm so so, yeah. uh, so happy for them. Yeah, they, I really... Really like their whole sort of different approach to how they I do, do too, things, and the cigars you know? are fantastic. Yeah, and they they really are very smokable. And didn't you do a Candela that was a Leaf by Oscar, or am I thinking of something else? No, that was a different Candela. Was but, a different Candela. But I did a Maduro recently. I think that was the uh, Leaf by Oscar. And I don't was, know if I've tried their Maduro. Their Maduro is hands down my favorite in that line, and they're all good. I love me some Leaf by Oscar, and not bad. There you go. Oh, now, a very interesting thing just happened, because I just uh, popped the cork on this uh, bottle of Avion tequila, and in so doing, the the lid with the cork in it passed by my nose, and I got this intoxicating uh, scent of the tequila to come. Uh, boy, that's, that's, that's really, really good. I'm going to tell you that I was not <clears throat> initially a fan of Avion uh, tequila. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really a fair uh, assessment to make because I'd never tried it. Uh, but I, I was worried that they were just going to be gimmicky. Right. I, I used to watch the TV series Entourage <clears throat> on HBO. And in Entourage, one of the characters uh, buys into Avion tequila and becomes a part owner of that. And so obviously this is... Product placement, if you will, right? Yeah, because that didn't happen accidentally. That they chose Avion. That was well. You mentioned Avion that when I brought into. that yeah. silver in mm-hmm. uh, that time as well, and I didn't know anything about it because I am woefully 
I, I, I watch so little TV it would boggle most people's brain. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? uh, but I was worried that this was just a, uh, a product placement thing, that, that it was maybe an indication that the um, tequila was less than spectacular. And I have to say, it was your silver that you brought in that changed my mind on it. So now I have brought us a bottle, and I've read amazing reviews of this, actually. So I haven't so tasted I us a this yet. Of but, the Añejo. but my nasal research thus far <laughs> indicates agave butter. Mm-hmm. Like, it smell, this smells like butter. It's could I, amazing. Could I have a pat of the agave? I, butter, yeah, please? I kind of like that. I've tried <laughs> on toast. Uh, wow. I mean, so I I will say that vanilla, of course. Just with smelling this, though, I'm kind of transported to Mexico. Like seriously, like it puts me in that mindset, that that frame of mind. This has that this has that agave smell that's that's uh, that's ripe and wonderful, not green and obnoxious. Correct. Yes. It's uh, not overripe and pungent. This has a very very uh, refined agave kind of smell, as far as like how. How much there is of the of it on the nose, and how it actually smells to me. So I'm very curious to see what you think of this when you uh, go to taste, because I just took my first sip and I have some thoughts, but I want I want to hear yours first. My thoughts are it tastes almost exactly like it smells. Well, like it is buttery. Mm-hmm. It has actually a thinner mouth mouth feel than I was expecting to it. Um, well, tequila is not an incredibly viscous right, uh, liquor to begin right, with, right? But this this had a little th- thinner mouth, blah, thinner mouthfeel than I was expecting. Um, it's interesting because it has almost no heat at first, and it has this creeping heat that that happens after. It's kind of a pleasant way. Mm-hmm. Um, the pepper is on the retrohale. Mm-hmm. Like time. there's pepper in there. But you don't initially taste the pepper. It's after you swallow and you're enjoying the aftertaste and breathe mm-hmm. out your nose, you get that pepperiness. You get that almost like almost black pepper from the table. Yeah, but I mean, like you remember the kind in the little rectangular yes. uh, metal uh, shakers <laughs> with the plastic top, exactly it. like McCormick's. Yep. it's that kind of pepper, um, and and in a good way. Um, I will tell you that what's interesting to me about this. You're right; it does taste a lot like it smells buttery. Um, what's interesting to me about this is that. Uh, there's a great amount of smoothness along with a certain amount of heat, which yeah. is, seems like maybe a contradiction, but but they both seem to work well together. And one of the things it does, and I've got to now try this with other tequilas because I've really just noticed this. If you take a sip into your mouth, you get this burst of, of flavors mm-hmm. and burst of intensity when you first draw the tequila in your mouth. And you'll also get that Although it's a little bit different, you get it on the finish once you've swallowed and then you do the retrohale. But in between, if you hold this on your tongue, there's not a lot of flavor happening. You're you're still feeling almost like the after effects of when you first pulled it into your mouth. But it's not sitting on your tongue like generating flavors. But then when you swallow, here they come. You with me? I was just doing exactly what you said, and it's incredibly interesting. I think you nailed it. Like, you just hold it right there in your mouth, swish it around your tongue, and there's- It could be water. It's not adding anything right. else. You right. get that initial burst of flavor. But then when you swallow it, you get all of this finish. Very interesting. It's it's almost like the flavor's up front and on the end and not a lot going on in the middle, but it's not bad at all. It's, so I like this a lot. It's very 
it's a very tequila tasting tequila. Yeah. But that doesn't bother me. Like it's I like it. It's still buttery. Yeah, it's still buttery. <laughs> it's still, it's buttery. still very smooth. It doesn't have huge burn, you know, when it's on the way down your throat. Like right. it it's it's very I think it would be very easy to sit around and drink a bottle of this with a group absolutely, of friends, you absolutely. Know what I mean? This is one you can one you can set. keep pouring, you know. Right. Um, but it is uh, it is actually quite. Uh, uh, quite what's, good. A, what's the price of that bottle? I believe this one's in the fifty dollar range. Okay. So you can get Avions uh, uh, that are aged a little less for less. I think this one's right around fifty fifty one. So I would at that point in time for for my own personal preference because you actually have turned me on to a lot of tequila. Uh, there are other tequilas I would buy in that price range. Well, this but, puts you in the price range of Skelly of the Skelly right. and Yeho. But right? I would certainly say it's not a disappointing buy by any means. Mm-hmm. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's good at that level. Even I've seen this tequila mentioned in a number of lists and reviews. Of late, it's been getting very, very good press. You know, one of the things I'm finding even more interesting is now that I haven't taken a sip for a couple minutes, mm-hmm. it finishes really clean. Yes, it does. Like this doesn't linger and and leave that tequila. Like, oh my agave. gosh, I've just had a big belt of tequila. Yeah, right. It doesn't mm-hmm. leave that just stuck in your mouth like totally. a lot of them do. Totally. So that's kind of a plus, and it's and it's. Uh, and it's favorite too, but quite sippable. Like I could see this going well with cigars too, because of that. Maybe because of that uh, uh, little hollowness in the middle of the flavor profile, a cigar mm-hmm. would work really well with it. I have a feeling that it would, and I'd be very interested to drink this uh, while uh, smoking a cigar. I can perhaps. imagine something Maduro with uh, some chocolate and espresso kind of say, flavors. Perhaps one of those Padron Anniversarios we were mentioning. Oh, earlier. that would be amazing. Would yeah. pair up real nicely with this, <laughs> don't you think? Uh, it's Avion, a single origin tequila. It's small batch Highland Agave. Uh, it says on the bottle, rich, warm oak, and vanilla. You definitely get the vanilla. Yeah. And I'm going to go back and kind of taste for the oak here. Uh, you know, so again, haven't haven't sipped on it in a little bit. There is a little oak astringency on the very tail end of it, but it's way, 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 way back. Yes, I get it, but you're right. It's way in the back. It's way in the back, and it's there if you know what you're looking for. I would say the primary flavor is, and this is kind of unusual for an Añejo, the primary flavor is still agave. Yeah. Like, that's the thing you come away with the most. So... That's more but, likely to be something that you would say about a silver but or a warm, blanca. buttery, smooth of agave, not like oh, just yes, yes. ground up, you know, in your face agave. It's really interesting how how classy the agave comes across in this one versus it. It is a very classy tasting yeah, tequila. Yeah. You're right. Uh, you pour this, people will kind of know that you spent a little extra. Yeah, oh yeah, there's the no tequila. doubt about it. You just know? even on the nose. You by the time mm-hmm. you get it up here and you and you. You can smell, you'll know. Well, I told you, when I took the cork out and it yeah. just passed by the nose, I was like, oh boy, we're in for a good, <laughs> we're in for a good one here. All right, well, we were going to take a break, return with our final segment. We're going to be tasting something interesting. I haven't mentioned this yet on the show, uh, Ian, uh, but Lakewood Brewing Company, they had our final beer last week, and they will have our final beer this week as well. I couldn't resist the peanut butter temptress. It's a temptress. Yes, it's an imperial milk stout. It's part of their temptress series. Uh, Lakewood is out of Garland, Texas, so we will uh, taste that next. Plus, I haven't had a chance to share this with you, so uh, I promise uh, that we will. The best bourbon when money's no object. All coming up in our final uh, final uh, segment of Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 102. Yeah, it's good. It's a very different experience than like, like the, the Skelly experience. 
on the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. This is the uh, radio program that is uh, all about craft beer and fine spirits and uh, hand-rolled cigars. Not even necessarily in that order. We're brought to you by our friends at B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. i got to talk to you about B&B. I think I may have found something I like better than Chef Tommy's bacon. I don't know you anymore, and yes. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's the lamb bacon at B&B. I don't know the lamb bacon. Oh, my God. We have to go there immediately and eat some lamb bacon because it's one of the uh, it's one of the most like deliciously divine things you've ever encountered. Well, we have to go by there at some point in time in the near future and talk yes, about plans for the yes, uh, for the whiskey sniff. The whiskey sniff, yes, which we're very excited about. So that's where the whiskey sniff is going to be held. So we're really really psyched about it. And uh, wow, uh, more more details to come. In fact, I think we'll have some more details next week on next week's show. Amazing about the whiskey sniff. Yes. So so our friends at Shiner have put out two new beers, or they have two more uh, coming. Uh, in a statement uh, last Thursday, the beer makers released uh, details about the new offerings, and they are Shiner Wicked Juicy IPA. I'm so psyched for this. Fun. Yes, a fun, like, I can't believe Shiner is, like, doing a juicy IPA. This well, you is know, awesome. the juicy IPA thing has just become this kind of fad with IPAs. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, as much as IPAs are not my favorite... I like kind of the juicy oh, IPAs. Oh, the juicies are good. The They're juices good. are real And you have good. to drink them real fresh. Oh, I know. Real fresh and real cold. Yeah. Which is, that's two things I really are my favorite you know, beer attributes. Like, like really revenge. Really I mean, cold. what? Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they're also releasing Day Quencher Session Ale. So two very interesting and non, not, like not things you think about. As being Shiner right, products, right. you know, uh, the Day Quincher uh, Session Ale and the uh, Juicy IPA. It's uh, the Juicy IPA has been described as an IPA with tremendous flavor yet minimal bitterness, while the Day Quincher Session Ale carries notes notes of freshly cut citrus, yellow flowers, and soft pine. Uh, so very interesting. There'll be, uh, uh, by the way, ongoing styles, not just seasonal offerings. So, okay. Yeah. So I'm kind of psyched about that. Being a, I'm a fan of the Spetzel uh, Brewery, mm-hmm. uh, and and Shiner just, you, you know, know I, think, I I root for them. So you know I, I mean? actually really enjoy Shiner uh, Bach. Mm-hmm. Just in general, sometimes I go, you know what? That's what I want, and I pick up a six or mm-hmm. a twelve. Like Jimmy Morick says, you know, when you want to sit down and drink 24 beers. Yeah. <laughs> he was the best. God, he well, was, one of the best guests ever. It was so fun. But, uh, you know, I, I do enjoy it. I also enjoy their uh, their blonde and their premium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like uh, uh, quite a few things they do. Um, they're a little hit and miss on their seasonals sometimes. Right. Sometimes they're terrific. And I'm not being an IPA yeah. guy. Shiner's Wicked IPA, not my favorite IPA. I will certainly drink one. Right, but if if there's the five IPAs to choose from, that's never going to be the but one. But that's I okay because Shiner makes three other beers that I'd have instead of that. Right, exactly. So, um, oh, thank you uh, for taking care of that. So, yeah, I agree. But I'm really excited about the Juicy IPA. Uh, one of my favorite Juicy IPAs that I've had is from a company that I think of very much the same way that I think of Shiner, uh, which is Sam Adams. Yeah, their New England in the Sam Adams, it's called the New England IPA, but that's their juicy, uh, hazy style IPA. That thing is terrific. It comes in those 16-ounce cans mm-hmm. in the four-pack. Oh, my God, that's good. Have we 
tasted that on the show? I don't think we've had that on the show, but you know, we did have that Sam seventy six on the show, and I have, oh, I have actually good. bought a few six packs that of that was since. Good. That That's was a good, good. easy drink of beer. Kudos mm-hmm. to Sam Adams for that. By the way, I had my friend uh, Steve Robinson uh, uh, was over recently. And uh, I was really proud of this because Steve is a very like mainstream beer right. drinker. In fact, I, I he's one of the guys we had on when we've done the uh, right. light beer blind taste test because he's like a great like uh, guy where you know sort of what your average non craft uh, guy. I mean, he'll drink Scheinerbach and, and Love Street and a few things like that, but he's not a super craft guy. Uh, anyway, he uh, he I got him to try the eight oh five. From Firestone, so Walker, good, and he loved it. It's so I was so, so excited about that. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like you know, it's it's what it's like if you're a craft beer person when you get somebody to take a step towards it. It's like uh, it's like you're a cult member, like recruiting someone. You know, it's it's just this wonderful, <laughs> right. wonderful Google gobble one of yes, us. Exactly, <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, uh, well, you know, for years it was uh, it was agave wheat, Breckenridge uh, agave wheat was, was your was, gateway beer. Was the yes. great gateway mm-hmm. beer, you're and right. it, and it was good, and it was it was great for that. Um, but there's so many out now, now that are so good, like that I'm Sam 76, the, like that 805. 805 like, Sam 76, yeah. and Love Street from Carbox. Love Street, yeah, is, is, is a great course. So. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Pardon me just a moment here. Please do. <laughs> thank you, thank that you. I'll be deserved, here all week. That one deserved a round of applause. <laughs> a round of tinny little uh, machine-made applause. So... Uh, you know the lo-fi aspect of that actually adds to how oh, awesome it, it is. It is. It would not be nearly <laughs> as cool if it were an actual pumped into the mix sound effects, would it? Yeah. No, nah, yeah, I don't think I'm so. thinking not. So what Ian is pouring here is our second Lakewood closer beer. We call the last beer we drink on the show the closer beer, uh, and it generally is going to be the highest IBV. Uh, ABV, ABV. Rather, I'm sorry, ABV, IBU. Um, You're creating new units, the yes. IBV units. Yes, I like that. That sounds like something off of an ER episode. Uh, <laughs> Here's the. So it, it is. It is one of our. Uh, the closer beer is usually a higher alcohol content beer. It's very often a stout or a barley wine or something aged in a bourbon barrel. Anything that I bring, and, uh, yeah, or anything that Ian brings. Yes, <laughs> and I've told him. Well, here's the thing. I keep buying these beers and putting them in my uh, beer closet at home, thinking, oh, this will be a great like closer beer for the show and so now i have like too many closure beers and i want to drink them but i'm like oh i can't i can't drink this i have to save it because ian's gonna love this on the show so this is one of those i had this for uh, a little while not too long but it is an imperial milk stout that is called peanut butter temptress now you know a bit about the temptress series right so this is actually a third temptress we've had on the show yeah because we had the um had the coconut the coconut temptress and then it was a chocolate mint temptress at Uh one point in time that's right i believe we had on here and they're all fantastic and you know my wife is going to listen to this and she's going to be like can you bring me some of that home So again, uh, directly affecting sales for the, the the beer we're talking about. Well, I can tell um, you. So the Temptress is their Imperial Milk Stout, and mm-hmm. then they have different flavors that they add to it. And it's um, this is this is ale brewed with lactose, sugar, and vanilla with peanuts, chocolate, and sea salt. I mean, that's a little hard to go wrong with. Yeah. Um, Consider the beer equivalent of a peanut butter cup. We took our rich and dreamy milk stout and made it. And made it extra with chocolate, peanuts, and a touch of sea salt. The result is a creamy peanut buttery treat that's fit for the candy aisle. Enjoy chilled in your favorite glass, which isn't a candy coating, but it'll do. Ian, uh, while you've been reading that, I've been doing some research. 
<laughs> How's your? This smells amazing. <laughs> well, first and and again, it tastes just like it smells. You know uh, when you bite into a Reese's peanut butter yes. cup and that immediate smell that's released, like when the when the peanut mm-hmm, butter is mm-hmm, exposed mm-hmm. after that bite. This smells just like that. All right, so let me pass this along. If there are any fans here, because I don't eat a lot of candy, um, I just, I'm, my weaknesses are more salty things, you know, chips and salsa, things like that. Uh, so I don't eat a lot of candy and super sweet stuff. But if I were to choose oh a favorite candy, God. yes, I know it's good, isn't it? If I were to choose a favorite candy, it would probably be not the Reese's peanut butter cup, but the the time that Reese's took it. And improved on it and made it into perfection, which happens once a year, which is the Reese's Easter egg. <laughs> and so here's what happens with the Easter egg. I love the peanut butter cup, don't get me wrong. But the uh, Easter egg, because it's thicker, has more peanut butter in ratio to the chocolate. Yeah. And somehow that, I wouldn't have guessed it, but somehow that ratio is is more on the money than the ratio of the peanut butter cup. <laughs> so what this, I say all of that to say, what this beer reminds me of is a Reese's peanut butter Easter egg in a glass. It's delicious. You know what's amazing? It's is, almost too is good. This, the finish on this, too, when you, a lot of times when you get a beer this sweet, it leaves you at that sticky sweetness kind of aftertaste. This doesn't. This leaves you with a peanut butter Right, a peanut butter aftertaste. on the aftertaste, yeah. But not a sticky sweet aftertaste to it as well. Also, I'm a little surprised because this has a little less uh, mouthfeel than some of the other ones we've tried. Mm-hmm. But it's this is uh, really I'm curious fun. about Adam because I know Adam enjoys uh, you enjoy stouts. What, what are your thoughts on this? Do you like it? Or is this is this to your taste? And we have started asking him about beers more because you and I are of the same generation, right? But um, Adam's definitely from a different generation, and I I'm noticing some of the difference in where his tastes run. He's he's uh, millennial, but he's not quite hipster. Yeah, not too much on the millennials. Yeah, (laughs) but what do you what do you what do you think of this uh, of this peanut butter set? Like, is this gimmicky to you, or do you find it like really delicious and drinkable? I think the balance is perfect. First of all, I love peanut butter. I eat peanut butter every day. I put it in my smoothies. I put it on my bread. I put it everywhere. (laughs) See, that's a millennial. That's millennial. (laughs) I'm telling you. Uh, But no, I think the balance is really well. The because it would have been easy for this to be gimmicky. I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, we've had some peanut butter ones on before that were like, meh. I mean, it's nice, but you know, this is. I think this is great. Yeah. This is this is top of the rock. Mm. Good beers today, by the way. Mm-hmm. One day I'll gain your trust, and you'll let me bring beers again. <laughs> Malort didn't help, even though that <laughs> even though that wasn't actually a beer. Ian, that uh, I just want you to know. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, so so when I brought when I brought nothing but stouts and barley wines, that didn't help either. Well, you know, because that we started like, at seven and a half percent and went up to like you know, yeah, all I'm saying fourteen percent, I guess. All I'm saying is we like to mix it up. That's all I'm saying. It's just a, uh, it's just a thing. Okay, the uh, best bourbon when money's no object. We have to finish the show with this because we promised uh, that we would do it. And and I I think this is fascinating. And I've mentioned this before, but if you uh, do not go to the website liquor.com, you totally should. If you if you enjoy spirits uh, on any level, uh, they have the best website. And they have some fascinating articles. We like to share some of them with you uh, every now and then. And, uh, and this is one of them. They put a list together of the best bourbon when money's no object. And I'll tell you 
in advance of this, what I love about this list, and make sure you save a drink, a drink of that for John Whiteside. I am. Um, uh, what I love about this list is Maybe. It, it's not just ridiculous. It's not just all right. $800 bourbons. Um, it, it's it's basically they're saying, yeah, anything probably that's over $30, $40 mm-hmm. like, uh, could make the list if we think it's good enough. And uh, number one on the list is an example of that. It's a $60 bur- uh, bourbon. It's Angel's Envy. Yeah, They're, they put they put That's this on their bourbon. list of the best bourbon when money is no object. The second bourbon on the list, uh, hundred at one hundred and forty five dollars, barrel bourbon, B A R R E L L, barrel bourbon. I don't think I've ever had that. Batch O O two. It says here this is a uniquely fragrant, sherry finished bourbon, uh, and they got that quote from a bartender at New York City's North End Grill. So, uh, number three. The Belmede Madeira Cask. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a $70 bourbon uh, made in Tennessee that they say here is just simply perfect. Uh, and number four, at $59, Blanton's. Oh, hell yeah. And Blanton's is the real deal, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's something we can get occasionally at least. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little hard to find, yeah. but you can get it, and it's so good. At $72, and number five uh, is Booker's. Oh, Hell yeah. At uh, 72 bucks, it's totally an intense cast strength, non-chill filtered balance of leather and oak, and opens up with dark My cherry. wife made an old-fashioned with that just yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. With Booker's. Yeah, she goes, she goes. it's a little stronger. I said, yeah, that's cast strength. Yeah, that's cast strength. <laughs> she enjoyed the hell out of it, though. <laughs> at number six, and our first one to uh, come in above $200, uh, at $325 a bottle, the 18 year Elijah Craig. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're, uh, they're basically saying it has classic oak with a balance of orchard fruits and soft caramel. Uh, so that's $325. So the most expensive one on the list so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, at number seven, and $130, Elmer T. Lee. Uh, year in and year out, one of the most satisfying, affordable bourbons you can find. You can tell how beloved Elmer was because this bottle has all of the quality of much more expensive bourbons at a fraction of the cost. So that's interesting because it is a hundred and thirty dollar bottle. Right. It's not like we're, we're talking about a twenty five dollar bourbon mm-hmm. here. So, uh, but that's Elmer T. Lee. So there you go. At number eight, George T. Stag. Great. Taking the new crown as most expensive at eight hundred dollars a bottle. Uh, but it says here it's hearty, uncut, and unfiltered with rye, spice, clove, and smoke. Have you had the uh, George Stag? You know, uh, I've hung out with Chris Hart. Oh, so you have had the George T. Stag. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the things that happens to those of us. Who he brought that, actually, to. I think. Uh, didn't we have dinner at your house and he brought that so. out? I yeah. think that was where he brought it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, we had dinner at my house. Uh, at number nine, a bourbon that seems now suddenly affordable at $90. Uh, it's, the, <laughs> it's the IW Harper 15, uh, the 15 year. Ridiculously smooth, it says. This bottle is the ultimate crowd pleaser for bourbon drinkers of all stripes. Light and fruity, but exceedingly. Flavorful. I don't think I've had that one. Uh, have you had Jefferson's Ocean? I have. It comes in at number 10 at $80 a bottle. Uh, says it has a great flavor that pairs well with a fun story of its aging process where it spends its life in a barrel at sea with the natural, natural agitation of the waves instead of turning uh, barrels. Uh, what was your take on Jefferson's Ocean? It's everything they say. It's delicious. Aged at sea. A very small yeah. batch. My brother of, actually brought it when he was in town. Very small batch whiskey. Mm-hmm. I think I remember you talking about that, actually. Uh, at $200 and number 11 on the list, Jim Beam's Distiller's Masterpiece. 
Uh, this is, uh, you know, everyone is so quick, the article says, to dismiss a product with Jim Beam on the label. Uh, but this is a limited production 12-year-old bourbon finished in PX sherry cask that will change your mind about that. Mm. It's an excellent after-dinner sipper. That's according to the whiskey concierge and lead bartender at Hardwater in San Francisco. At number 12, at $67, again, seeming suddenly Wildly Much affordable. more affordable. Uh, Noah's Mill. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's Noah's a good Mill. one, too. Uh, a nutty core of uh, fruit notes from scent to taste. A high-proof bourbon that's balanced smooth and that's a great go right at the right price tag. Yep. Um, how about Barter House? Are you familiar with Orphan Never Barrel? Never heard of that. Orphan Barrel's Barter House 20-year. A fascinating-looking bottle with a sort of a uh, naked dancing fox on it with a pork pie hat. It's the best... Way I can describe it here. I'll show you the picture. Hey, there's that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's a twenty year. It's one hundred and twenty dollars. Um, uh, the author of this piece said, "I'm not a huge fan of the Orphan Barrel series, but this is my favorite. Creamy orange and peach are nice backbones to classic bourbon notes." That's the owner of San Francisco's Elixir uh, that wrote that, and it came in at number thirteen. At fourteen, the Orphan Barrel Forged Oak Fifteen Year. Are you familiar with the Forged Oak? See, there's some of this we haven't. So the Orphan Barrel I've heard of, but I haven't mm-hmm. heard of either of those. Mm-hmm. Says with this age statement comes long notes of cocoa, backed with notes of maple sweetness and cedar wood. At number fifteen, the Orphan Barrel Rhetoric, twenty-one year, hmm. at one hundred and fifty-seven dollars. At sixteen, Rabbit Hole finished in PX Sherry casks for sixty-three dollars. What I'm loving is uh, I'm finding a lot of things in here I hadn't heard of before. Yeah. So uh, that really excites me because it makes this me is going to be a shopping for. list. Uh, this one I have seen but not tried. Widow Jane's ten year. Seen it, haven't tried it. Yep, uh, seventy two dollars. Known Matter for fact, its noticed of- it on the wall last night uh-huh. at Boscat. I saw that yeah. as well. Uh, it's known for its choice of uh, where the water comes from. It takes uh, it turns making bourbon the right way into a true work of art, and it is from New York. It's just great smell, a balanced, smooth bourbon thanks to its limestone mineral water. Uh, Ian, what about the Wild Turkey Masters Keep seventeen year? I don't know if I've tried that one. I've tried some of the upper line wild turkey stuff, yep. and it's all good. This is $140 a bottle. I'm not a big big fan of old bourbon, the author says, but when it's done right, it's delicious. This one I grab for. So, How about the Willet Pot Still Reserve for 60 bucks? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm very familiar with yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling you were going to know about this. Very familiar. Um, I brought that on the show, I think. Mm-hmm, I, yes, you know, yeah. and it was good. Uh, the W.L. Weller 12-year. That one's good. Didn't we just have yeah. this on Chris Hart's show? It may not have been the 12-year. We had a Weller, didn't we? We did have a Weller, but yeah. I know we've had that before as well. It's the uh, pappy that bourbon enthusiasts are looking for. We just have to uh, call Chris and find out what we've tried. Yeah, number 20. on. The, well, that's that's the kind of embarrassing thing about being on Chris's show, is you walk out of there having tried all these, like, Amazing! That, like aren't available. Yeah. You're like, you know, ah, this. I need I need to add one to that list. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Hudson Four Grain. And how much would the bottle of that run you? It's fifty to sixty ish. Fifty to sixty. So not for a list like this on the cheaper end. Yeah. Yeah. And and the complexity is amazing. The overall drinkability of it is amazing. It's, we had it at um, B and B actually. Oh, you're right. You're right. We, we so sure good. It's we sure just did. amazing. Well, I I enjoyed that list, and now I've got several things 
Well, several that's, of the that's lesser called a shopping list <laughs> that are making my shopping list. Right. Yes, it's part of Absolutely. it's a wish list. Part of it's yeah. a shopping list. <laughs> that's right. Part of it would be the Christmas list. Right. right. The other part would be the shopping <laughs> list. So, so, Ian, what are you going to get me for Christmas this year? Right. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, what an interesting show. We had a, a great list. We had some great. Uh, I agree with you. The beers, I think, were terrific. Yeah. Right? You, you did you did all right, man. And the I'll, I'll let you keep bringing beers. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you can always try it again. You just have to like remember to bring something <laughs> sessionable. <laughs> just one. Just one. Uh, I brought two 18% on a glass of water. Yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> and that pretty much uh, that pretty much worked for it. Well, I want to uh, just say, again, a quick thank you to everyone uh, who was involved in putting that uh, that little jingle and show open together that we got. Uh, that was pretty amazing. That was recorded that was, over at uh, Paul BB Studios. It's called nice. BB Gun Studios. BB Gun Studios. And it's yep. over in uh, Midtown. He's got a beautiful little setup over there. Well, it sounds great. Yeah. And uh, John Egan, you know, he's the man. He's, he's, he's what blue sounds like. He is the man. Uh, thanks and if again. You, if you get a chance to look up John Egan on uh, YouTube, look up um, what is it called? The man I'll never be. That the man I'll never be. So that is good. his song. So good. That is his song. Yep. That's that's my jam. Yeah. As, as the kids say. <laughs> as <laughs> right. the Utes. As the Utes say. Uh, Want to thank uh, also everyone uh, involved in uh, putting our hundredth show together. I know we're a couple of. Uh, a couple of weeks removed from it, but people are still talking about it that we're there. Uh, anytime I run into anybody who was there, that's, yeah, all, they, that's all they want to talk about is the hundred show. I'm like, oh, we we must have had a really good time. Yes, we did, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was a blast. Uh, thank you uh, to uh, Adam on the Wheels of Steel, and thanks to our buddies uh, uh, Chris uh, Chris Hart and uh, Chris Soul, the Chris's. Uh, we are uh, out of time, I think, and we're not going to be able to sample the Mumford and Sons IPA. We'll get to that next week. Uh, but we're going to be back next week with, uh, oh, just confirmed, by the way, Platypus Brewing will be uh, nice. bringing beers in next week. So. Which is oddly next door to B&B. Yes, yes. I think they're coming into the studio, but we may still have to plan it on location. Fantastic. We can wave at Jeremiah. Uh, have, a, <laughs> have a great week, my friends, and we appreciate you uh, listening to Smoking and Toasting. Have a wonderful, uh, wonderful remainder of your Thursday, and uh, cheers. Oh, you got just a little bit. Cheers. I got just a little bit.